0: Next, this month's special series focus on neurology and psychiatry. Throughout the month of March, ReachMD welcomes an array of experts to explore developments in neuroscience and mental health. You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Alcohol abuse is common in many chronic pain conditions. What do we know about alcohol use in sickle cell anemia? The Pisces Project has a lot to tell us about that and more. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Leslie Lund of Foothill Psychiatry in Boise, Idaho, your host, and with me today is Dr. James Levinson. Dr. Levinson is Professor of Psychiatry, Medicine, and Surgery at the Virginia Commonwealth University School of Medicine, where he is also Chair of the Division of Consultation Liaison Psychiatry and Vice Chair for Clinical Affairs in the Department of Psychiatry. He's published over 165 papers and book chapters and four books, his scholarly interests include psychiatric disorders and their treatment in the medically ill, psychological factors, effects on healthcare care utilization, as well as medical ethics. Welcome to Reach MD, Dr. Levinson.
1: Thank you, Leslie. I'm delighted to be here.
0: What is the PISCES Project, Dr. Levinson?
1: PISCES stands for the Pain and Sickle Cell Epidemiologic Study. It's a prospective study in which we enrolled a little over 300 adults throughout Virginia, who have had a sickle cell disease all their lives. After gathering some baseline information regarding their quality of life and their psychological status, the subjects completed daily pain diaries for up to six months in which they reported how much pain they were having from sickle cell disease, how much it was distressing them, how much it was interfering in their lives, uh, whether they had a sickle cell crisis, and also whether they had sought urgent health care.
0: For those of us that are rusty in our sickle cell knowledge, give us just a brief review of the illness, if you would, please.
1: Sickle cell disease is a genetic condition. It's inherited in an autosomal recessive pattern, and it's a disorder of hemoglobin structure. Uh, About 77,000 Americans have the disease, and it mostly affects Americans of African descent, but it also can affect those of Mediterranean origin and and sometimes other descent the main manifestation, the main symptom of sickle cell disease is pain, particularly the acute episodes of pain that are referred to as sickle cell crises. Sickle cell crises are thought to be due to the occlusion of blood vessels by deformed, that is sickled red blood cells. And they can begin as early as the first year of life and generally continue throughout the individual's life. Because pain is the main symptom, opioids are the main form of treatment for sickle cell pain. Most pain in sickle cell disease is actually managed by patients at home.
0: With PRN opiates, or are they on chronic maintenance doses?
1: Opiates are prescribed both on a chronic and on an as-needed basis. The pain is ubiquitous. It's frequent, chronic, and often debilitating, although patients do vary. I, I have one patient with sickle cell disease who has managed to be a full-time professor at a university despite having the disease, even though he's in his late 50s. But that's unusual. Pain in sickle cell disease is also unpredictable and can have profound negative effects on people's quality of life. Besides the obvious anemia and the fatigue that would come along with that, sickle cell patients are at risk for a whole bunch of other complications. As children, they experience growth retardation. And actually, the highest risk for stroke in sickle cell disease is in young children. Uh, If they survive that period, they face other risks, uh, osteomyelitis, gout, gallstones, cholecystitis. Ischemic ankle ulcers are a big problem. Uh, The most dreaded complication is acute chest syndrome, since it has a pretty high fatality rate. And they also suffer frequent avascular necrosis. And uh, men with sickle cell disease uh, can get priapism.
0: Now, what did you learn about alcohol use in the sickle cell patients with your work in the Pisces Project?
1: Well, this was interesting because alcohol use is very common in patients with chronic medical disorders, especially chronically painful disorders. And alcohol abusers who have chronic medical diseases typically have been found to have more pain, more disability, and and a crummier quality of life than people who have just a chronic medical disease without alcohol abuse. So we expected to find something similar, alcoholics and most diseases tend to comply less well with their doctor's recommended treatment. And so we expected that alcohol would have negative effects in sickle cell disease. Actually, what we found, first we did find that alcohol abuse was quite frequent in sickle cell patients. Almost a third of our sample were abusing alcohol during the study period. But to our surprise, we found that the alcohol abusers did not differ on how often they were depressed, how anxious they were, and uh, most significantly, they weren't in pain any more often. They didn't have any more sickle cell crises. They didn't use opiates any more often than the non-alcohol abusers. Uh, They actually reported more pain relief from opioids than the non-abusers. They had fewer, the alcoholics had fewer visits to the emergency room. They were spent less time in the hospital and they didn't make unscheduled clinic visits as often. And then, furthermore, their quality of life was indistinguishable, except on a summary physical quality of life score, they actually looked better than the non-alcoholics. Lastly, the alcohol abusers tended to use different coping strategies than, than other adults with sickle cell disease. They were more likely to ignore their pain, to divert their attention from pain, and and, and so on.
0: Now, were there any differences in health utilization between the two groups?
1: Yeah, the the alcohol abusers tended to use less health care. This only reached statistical significance for emergency room visits, but the pattern across all the measures were that alcohol abusers were using less health care and yet uh, achieving the same quality of life and having the same amount of pain. So
0: what do you make of this?
1: Well, we concluded several things. First of all, Patients with sickle cell disease, unfortunately, are often stigmatized as opiate-dependent and as opiate abusers, and actually it's it's only a very small fraction of adults with sickle cell disease who do abuse opiates. Certainly, our data suggests that there's no reason to think that sickle cell patients who abuse alcohol are any more likely to abuse opiates than others. Given that, in some respects, they did better than the non-alcoholics, we consider the possibility that maybe alcohol in some way was beneficial to these individuals, and there are several possibilities. Our data only allow us to speculate. But one is that one possible explanation is that it's long been known that alcohol has analgesic effects. In fact, in the old days, intravenous alcohol was used for anesthesia before some surgical procedures, not these days, of course. We also considered the possibility that alcohol might be benefiting these patients through physiologic effects. Alcohol is known to cause vasodilation and of course vasodilation dilation is a good thing if you're on the verge of a sickle cell crisis, because it tends to open the blood vessels. As one of my colleagues pointed out, most people consume alcohol with large amounts of fluid, and hence these patients may have stayed well hydrated, those who were drinking. And staying well hydrated is considered very important in preventing and treating sickle cell crises. And then these are sort of biological explanations, but we also considered psychological ones. Drinking alcohol, of course, is one way to cope with stressful events, to escape, to avoid stress in life. And we found this difference in coping spells that might account for greater pain relief from the opioids they took and that by tending to be more likely to ignore their pain, divert their attention, and so on. uh, The alcoholics may have coped more effectively. One alcoholic patient told his primary treating physician that he was sick of going to the emergency room and waiting for hours and hours being treated as if he was a drug addict that he would just assume stay home and drink his way through a sickle cell crisis. But that worked better for him.
0: If you're just joining our discussion, you're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Dr. James Levinson, a recipient of the Lifetime Achievement Award from the Society for Liaison Psychiatry. We are discussing the impact of alcohol use in sickle cell disease patients. Dr. Levinson, I wonder about just anxiety relief from alcohol. Maybe they... They have a lot of anticipatory anxiety, kind of expecting the next sickle cell crisis. And if alcohol reduces that, you know, maybe that's the answer.
1: Well, we considered that, but when we measured their anxiety at entrance to the study, the alcoholics were no less likely to be anxious than the other individuals.
0: Now, is there any way to generalize what you've found with alcohol use in sickle cell patients to other chronic pain conditions?
1: Well, I think one would want to be cautious in doing so. We certainly don't see a results as encouraging anyone to go out and drink. But I think rather than being judgmental, it's important if we find that a patient with any painful condition is drinking as a form of coping to try and sort out why that might be. Is the patient receiving adequate analgesic medications from the physician and if not, is alcohol All that he's been left with is alcohol, a response to lack of social support, depression, to an anxiety disorder, and so on. But in sickle cell patients, I think we have yet to really understand this finding as to what's going on and why these patients who are drinking heavily might be doing better.
0: What's the next step in your research?
1: Well, of course, we can't do a randomized controlled trial in which we assign half the patients to drink heavily. That has obvious ethical problems. I think one of the things that we want to do is to be able to study direct physiologic effects of alcohol in individuals while measuring vascular physiology. And it would be nice to be able to do that both when they're not in a crisis and when they are in a crisis. And that's something that we're beginning to pursue.
0: Well, thank you so much for being on our show today.
1: Well, thanks for having me.
0: We've been discussing the Pisces Project and the impact of alcohol abuse on sickle cell disease with our guest, Dr. James Levinson. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your questions and comments. Please visit us at reachmd.com. Our new on-demand and podcast features will allow you to access our entire program library. So, for example, for the show you just listened to, enter Sickle Cell or Dr. Levinson in the search box and you'll find the podcast to listen to at your leisure. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to this month's special series focused on neurology and psychiatry. For a program guide, complete list of shows, and podcasts, please visit us at reachmd.com. And download ReachMD's free iPhone app, Medical Radio, to listen to the same live stream of ReachMD medical news and information you enjoy on XM160, plus CME and thousands of searchable podcasts. Get the Medical Radio app today.